We thank uh, Reverend Kelly for that prayer. Certainly as our students go out into this world, we want them to be covered and kept. We want them to remember and to, to apply all that has been poured into them throughout all of these years. Amen. I am Ken Nichols, one of the associate ministers here at Ivy Baptist Church. And um, I have the task of delivering the message this morning. Uh, we certainly uh, thank God for his presence in this place today. We honor our pastor and our first lady as they are on sabbatical. We sincerely pray that they're getting the rest and everything that they need to be re-energized when they return to us. And we're still praying for them. We realize that when they return, that they will be empty nesters. And so we also pray because there are some married couples that don't, have, that don't handle empty nests very well. And so we're praying that um, the pastor and Lady Swan will be able to navigate uh, being empty nesters well, that Lord, the Lord will bless them in uh, that particular phase of their lives as well. Amen? Amen. I um, give honor to my wife. Of, we will celebrate uh, 36 years of marriage later on this month. And um, I'm grateful for her, for my mother-in-law who's here with us. Our mother-in-law is uh, 90 years old, and she's um, uh, staying with us. Amen. My son, uh, my oldest son on the drums, uh, KJ, and or Kenneth Dwayne. <laughs> uh, technically, he is not a junior. That's a whole different story. But anyhow. Um, all of our children, um, we're thankful to God for them. And we're thankful for your presence. Because if the enemy had his way, you wouldn't be here today. And uh, because, you know, uh, here it is in August. Here it is, pastors on sabbatical. And you all are here. And for that, I commend you. And I thank God for you being here today. Amen. Believe me, it's a lot easier to, to try to deliver this word to people in these seats than it is to empty seats. And so I'm grateful for your presence here this morning, amen? We're going to get into this word. I want to call your attention to Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 9 through 21. We'll read just a little bit. We'll see where the, where the Lord leads us. We'll read it. I'm not saying we will go through all of it, but we'll read it. And I'll be reading from the New International Version. And it reads, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of lower position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. 
Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Uh, Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. You may be seated. And this morning we want to use the subject, Love is the Key, Reboot. Love is the Key, Reboot. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this opportunity to come and to declare the truths of your word. And as we come today, God, we ask that you would hide me behind the cross, that they would see none of me but all of you, God. And then, God, let your word go forth and find the fertile soil of a heart that's ready to receive. Let it lodge there, God, and reap a great and mighty harvest, Father. But, God, let us not leave this place the way that we came. And even for those who are listening online, Still, let there be a change. Let it not. Let them not be the same. Oh God, we thank you and we praise you and we thank you for what you're going to do through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So this morning we say, love is the key. Reboot. It's not a reboot as far as the theme because uh, we've had that theme throughout this year. That love is the key. It's only a reboot in the, in, in the uh, as it pertains to this being this sermon. <laughs> We've been saying it all year long. Love is the key. That's our theme for this year. We've gone over to John chapter th- uh, 13 verses uh, 34 and 35. And we've said, a new commandment I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. See, I didn't call on one of y'all to to quote that one. (laughs) Pastor probably would have. But but, but that's that's our theme for the year. We've been walking around with pretty t-shirts on. And, and, and at, the end of, at the end of our announcements and at the end of our wrap-up, uh, we've been using that same phrase, love. Remember, remember, love is the key. Remember, love is the key. See, my pretty T-shirt says, love is the key. But we, we can't just walk around with pretty T-shirts on. And it can't just be something that we say. Because love really is not about what you say. Love is about what you do. And so we've got to move out from from just saying love is the key. And, And we've got to embrace the scripture where Christ said, a new command I give you, you love one another. Not just anyway, but you love the way I love you. And he says, that's the action that I want you to put to this, to these words. Is I want you to love folk the way that I love you. And, and, and that means a lot. I don't know if we, if, when we're walking around with these t-shirts on, I don't know if we embrace that or not. That Christ is saying, love each other the same way that I love you. In other words, this is about taking the step out and putting some action to what we're saying. We, I think we've said it enough. I think every, every single Sunday we've heard, remember, love is the key. Yes, love is the key. But are we putting this into godly action, into the action that Christ wants us to use. 
That's the question. As we said, you, you, you can't just sit around and talk about love. You've got to be about love. What are you doing? What am I doing? That shows that I have internalized and I believe and I am living this thing for this year. Love is the key. And, and, and it sort of goes back to the sermon I preached back on, on the first Sunday in July where he said that don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Until you begin to think differently, you're not going to do anything differently. And so if you haven't allowed the Lord to work on your mind and change the way that you think, then there's nothing that's going to change. We're, you're going to come in here every Sunday and you're going to hear those same words. Love is the key. Remember, love is the key. And nothing's going to change. But what God wants is for, is for him to, you allow him to work on your mind to change the way that you think. And so you will change your actions. And then you'll begin to hopefully walk in this thing. Don't just talk it out. God wants you to walk it out. And then today in our scripture, here in the book of Romans, that great apostle Paul in his writing, here in the book of Romans, Romans is said by some to be Paul's greatest work. Some even consider it to be one of the greatest works of the Bible. For, for the Gospels tell us about Jesus and what he did. But what Paul does in Romans is he tells us the significance of Jesus' death and resurrection to us. And he goes about it in a very systematic way in his teaching. He asks questions and then he provides answers. And, and, so, and so if you really want to, to, to look at and to see the significance, not just what Jesus did, but the significance of what he did, then we need to spend some time in the book of Romans. For here, he says, beginning down there, in, in verse nine. Now, uh, last the, the last time I preached, we, we were in we were in in um, chapter twelve, verses one and two. He said, "Present your bodies as a living sacrifice." Then he went on to say that that uh, um, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then in verses uh, three through eight, he talks about humility. Then he talks about the gifting, and then he gets to verse number nine. Now, what Paul does is that in the first 11 chapters of Romans, he teaches. He teaches them about the significance of, of, of salvation, of what Christ did and what it means to them. And he teaches and he teaches and he teaches. It's doctrine, which a pastor would say is a fancy word for teaching. <laughs> and then we get to chapter 12. In chapter 12, he, let, he wants them to understand that it's not only about you knowing about him, but then you've got to walk it out. You've got to live it in a very practical way. So in verse 12, he begins the practical application of, his, of what he has taught about in the past 11 chapters. So, so he taught you about it, and now he says, this is what I want you to do. And then in verse 9, here in this 12th chapter, uh, um, this, as I said before, I, I had one point. I got one point today. <laughs> I don't have but one. I still don't have a hoop. 
I got one point. That one point is put your love into action. Put your love into action. And then, and then from verse 9 down through verses uh, 21, essentially that's what he's telling us. He's telling us um, how in various situations and circumstances we are to put our love into action. He's saying, uh, I, I just talked about it for the, for, the first 12, for the first 11 chapters, but now it's time for you to do it. And the same thing applies for, here, for us here at Ivy. We've talked about love is the key for, for, for now ever since the beginning of the year. And I hope that by now we're already doing it and we're just not talking about it. Yes, yes, the t-shirts are nice. And, and yes, we have, a, we have a, a, a wonderful theme, love is the key. And yes, we have an even powerful scripture that goes with it. But he wants us, and not only does, does Christ, the, does pastor want us to, to do it, but, but here in the scripture, Paul also wants us to do it. Put your love into action. Get off the t-shirt. Get out of just saying it and do it. And so here in verse number nine, he even begins with love here. He says love must be sincere. Uh, the King James, as, as Pastor, uh, as our Reverend uh, person would say, in the King, in the, in the King James... <laughs> It says, let love be without dissimulation. <laughs> and a lot of us say, well, what is dissimulation? But the New King James calls it hypocrisy. But all they're saying is, is let your love be for real. Let your love be for real. You know, yeah, we can wear the t-shirts. And yeah, we can say the phrase. But what he says in the word of God is let your love, let it be for real. Let it be sincere. In other words, don't tell me you love me, but you don't never do anything to show me that you love me. And, and, and I guess I should say that especially to uh, married folk <laughs> that that your spouse don't just want you to say it but my wife would be the opposite she'll say well you show it but you don't say it <laughs> and, and, but but Anyhow, <laughs> he says, let your love be for real. Let it be for real. Let it be sincere. And then he goes on from there. He says, uh, um, if your love is real, because the only way we have real love, especially as believers, is that it is Holy Spirit that teaches us what love is. Once we are saved, Holy Spirit inhabits, uh, inhabits us, and then Holy Spirit teaches us what love is. And then Holy Spirit then helps us to then take the love that he's taught us, that we are now to take that love that Holy Spirit showed us and taught us, we are then to take it out so other folks can see it at work, not just us talking about it. And so if, if, Holy, if, 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 if Holy Spirit is the source of the love that's in us and we're supposed to be real with this love, then it says we should hate what is evil and cling to what is good. In other words, that, 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 that even if you read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and it tells you about what, what love is, it says that love is not evil. It does not do evil. It doesn't like evil. And so, and so um, our thing is that, is that sometimes we learn to hate stuff or, or situations, but it's not the right stuff. 
Here he's talking about you should have a holy hatred for what is wrong and evil. And a lot of times we, we, we have some hatred and some dislike, but it ain't holy. He says you need to have some, some holy dislike for what's wrong. Some holy dislike for what's, for what's not right. And then he speaks of the opposite. Then he says, hate what is evil, but then cling to what is good. If love is in your heart, and that love is sincere, that love is real, then you should cling to what is good, cling to what is right. That should never be a gray area on where you stand. If, is it right? That's where I stand. Is it good? That's where I stand. If not, no, I don't stand there. Period. He goes on here, he says, be devoted to one another in love. I think the King James says in brotherly love. What he's speaking of is he says that if you have love in you and that love is real, then we are in essence a family. Because um, what they understood before is that family, they understood family, but they only understood family from the, from the perspective of blood relations. But what he's saying here is that if you are a part of God's family, we are relatives. We should have a, a brotherly love for each other. That's why we call each other sister and brother because we are in this family we are in God's family and Holy Spirit has sealed us into this family and so that's where we should be if we if we have love that's real and then now this this one this part of it where he says now all of this is part of putting your love in action he says honor one another above yourselves I know we don't like that because, because I've, 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 I've heard folks say time and time again, you know, I've helped everybody and I've helped them and it, it's been about them, but now it's about me. And the Bible never says it's about you. The Bible says, I, I, I feel a Marcus Crosby spirit coming on, the Bible says, That you are to honor others above yourself. That means that, that I should esteem other folk above me. And so it's not about me. It's about putting folks first, other folks ahead of me, if I have this love that he's talking about here. And let me back up and talk about, uh, this is agape love. This is love that says, I love you, period. There are no strings attached to it. I, I, as they say, I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. You can, and, and hopefully our love is like God's love, at least to some extent, because what, what God's love is, is God's love is at a point where you can't do anything to make God love you any more, and you can't do anything to make God love you any less. Because God's love for us is so perfect until it doesn't need to change and there's nothing we can do to make it change. No matter how crazy I am, his love doesn't change. No more, regardless of how foolish that my actions are, his love for me does not change. And, and so that's the type of love that God wants us to have one for another, that you can't do anything. But I got to throw in the human caveat. <laughs> Some of us will say, uh, uh, Pastor, I was with you there for a little piece. Not Pastor, Preacher. <laughs> say, Preacher, I was with you there for a minute. Until you said, until you said that. Because I'm only going to go to a certain point. After I reach a certain point, that's it. And, and, and yeah, I understand that. 
But I also know what the word of God says. Amen. So he says uh, that, that I'll part, put in your love in action. Honor, honor one another above yourselves. And then he goes on, he starts. Now some of this looks like it's disjointed, but it's not. It's actually all together. He says, uh, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your, keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. In other words, sometimes we get a little burnt out in our walk with the Lord. You know how you started out. You were walking on clouds when you got saved. You know, couldn't nobody tell you nothing. Your head was so high in the clouds, they couldn't even see your face. But life happens. And all he's saying here is that, is that if your love is sincere, then as life happens, you maintain your zeal. You maintain that enthusiasm that you have for the Lord and for his people. You maintain it. He says, keep your spiritual fervor. In other words, don't let your light, don't let your, don't let your fire go, go dim. And sometimes we do that. We, we let the fire go out. We let it grow dim. And he says, don't you do that. Keep your enthusiasm. Keep that flame burning bright as you serve him. Yes, we get tired. Yes, life happens. But don't let it burn you out. Don't let your flame go. Keep those, throw some more wood on that fire. Keep it burning bright. And then he says, serving the Lord. You, you do this as you're serving him. And, and nobody, I'll tell you, that nobody ever said serving the Lord was going to be easy. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes the choices you make because of what you know is right because you are shunning what's wrong and what's evil, sometimes those choices put you in, on the other side of some folks. Sometimes the other side of family. Sometimes it might be on the other side of spouses. But nonetheless, don't let, don't let doing right, don't let serving the Lord, don't let that, don't let your light go out. And I think sometimes we do that. Sometimes we sit here, but we're not here. Your body's here. But as, 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 as OJ said, <laughs> your body's on the other, your mind's on the other side of town. God wants you to be all here. He wants that flame to be still burning bright. He wants your fervor to be just as, 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 as on fire as, as it has ever been as you serve him. And then he goes on from that. He says, now, now as you're serving him, again, still putting your love into action, be joyful in hope. Be joyful in hope. Now, you have to understand that when Paul wrote this, he was, he was writing it to people who sometimes were persecuted for being Christians. And, but he's telling them to be joyful in your hope. My hope is in the Lord. And so the reason that I can have joy in my hope is because my hope is in him. And as the scripture says that when our hope is in him, we should not be ashamed. In other words, he won't fail us when our hope is in him. So he says, be joyful in hope. So that's that what you are anticipating. Be joyful in your anticipation. Do you have excitement about what you think God is going to do? About what you think is going to happen? Is there some joy on the inside of you thinking, just thinking about? What's going to happen? Thinking about what God's going to do. 
even though I can't see how it's going to turn out right now, I have joy in my hope because my hope is in him. Not only that, he says, but be patient in your affliction. Now, this one definitely is not easy because affliction, your affliction is, is, is your pain, your distress, your grief. So he's saying, be patient in this. <laughs> yes, be patient in this. Because, because it's not going to last always. And so while it's happening and while you're enduring and while you're going through, and a lot of us are going through various situations and circumstances, but while you're going through it, maintain your patience in him. Knowing that he's going to come, it, it may not be right now. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be next week. It might, even, might not even be this year. But know that he's coming to see about you, to answer your prayer, and to deliver you from whatever it is that you're dealing with. Be patient in your affliction. And then the last part of that, he says to be faithful in prayer. Reverend Callie said the effectual fervent prayer fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So he says, be faithful in prayer. Now, prayer is one of your weapons. That's a weapon. You can fight with that. I can take it to God. I can go talk to God about it. But it says, be faithful in that. Be faithful. Don't stop praying just because things got hard. He says, be faithful in your in, be faithful in prayer. Keep on praying. As Paul says in another place, he says, I, I pray without ceasing. Now I know you can't pray 24 hours a day, but you can pray when you have the time. You can pray while you're on your way to work. You can pray while you're on your way back. You can pray while you're sitting at your desk. You can pray while you're doing your work. He says, be faithful in prayer. All of this relates back to us serving the Lord. And then he goes on from there and he says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Some of us are so incredibly selfish. But the Bible says, <laughs> the Bible says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. As scripture says, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. God has so blessed some of us. And all we are doing is as scripture says, building new barns, storing up more stuff. But yet there's somebody who needs some of what you have. And the, and the Bible says that we are to share with those who are in need. Again, put your love in action. You can't, you, can't, you can't walk up on somebody who has a need and just say love is the key. He's saying that when there is that need, put that love that you have into action. And do what you can to meet the need. You might not be able to meet all of it. But do what you can. And perhaps somebody else will do the rest. And then the last part of that, he says, practice hospitality. In this, he says, it says, um, friendly, practice being friendly to those you don't know. Now... <laughs> 
to some of us who are, lit, who are a little bit socially challenged, like myself, I'm telling you, it's hard talking to people that I don't know. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just one of those people who that's difficult to do. But the word of God says to practice hospitality. In the word of God, he's saying that if I'm going to put my love into practice, then I've got, to, I've got to step out, even from my comfort zone, your comfort zone, and then and practice being friendly to folk you don't know. You don't know who that is that God may be having you to meet. You don't know what, what, what it is that God will have in store for you, but if you never step outside of your comfort zone, if I never step outside of my comfort zone, as much as I like my comfort zone, <laughs> if I never step outside of my comfort zone and talk to some folks that I don't know and show friendliness to folks I don't know, I'll probably end up missing some blessings. Now all of this he's saying, you do this as you practice this love, as you put this love into action. And now the next part of it, and we'll, we'll go on sort of quickly here from here. Now this is a hard part too. He says, bless those who persecute you. <laughs> now, what? Now, again, you got to understand that when Paul wrote this, that there were people who were actually being persecuted, even for, for following Christ. And while we have religious freedom in this country, there are still countries where folk who believe in Christ are still being persecuted and, and killed for their faith. But he says that bless those who persecute you. Those who persecute, he said, bless them. <laughs> <laughs> bless is to bestow good upon them he said bless them and then he says um, uh, bless and do not curse so, so he says don't, don't bring misfortune on them but bring good on them and this is on the folks that persecute you now, 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 I guess in, in, a, in, a, in a sense, sometimes there are folks who, who persecute us, who bring us anguish and pain. Sometimes folks we work with, you know, uh, <laughs> can fall in the persecution category. Sometimes it's a, a supervisor or a boss that can fall into the persecution category. But the Bible still says, bless and do not curse. Bestow good on him and not misfortune. And then the Bible says, now this is a good part, this, this, was, this is a little bit better here. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Which, which, which we should be able to do. That, that, in other words, when my brother hurts, I hurt as well. When my sister hurts, I hurt as well. But when, when they rejoice, I also rejoice. Now, I don't, know, I don't know if you've ever run across this, but when you tell somebody something and they have this fake happiness about it. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 you happy because God did something for you. You happy about how God blessed you. They don't know how much you prayed and prayed and prayed about it. And then... And then when God does it, you go tell somebody because you're happy about it, and here they come with this little fake happiness. The Bible says that, that, that if I should be happy for my brother or my sister, when they rejoice, I rejoice. And then when they are sad or when they cry, I also uh, mourn and cry with them. That's putting this love into action. 
don't, don't, don't come acting like you're happy for me. If you ain't really happy for me, just, just, just go on, you know. Same thing with me. You know, I, I, you know, when you tell me something, I'm happy for you. Even if it's something that I would like myself. <laughs> and a lot of times, that's why they ain't happy for you. Because it's something they want too. And because you got it and they don't have it, but I can still be happy for you. Because the same God that gave it to you is the same God that can give it to me. And then he says, live in harmony with one another. Mm. <laughs> and and we'll, we'll, I'll save that one until we get down to the next one there. It says, do not be proud. In other words, do not be arrogant or conceited. It says here, do not be conceited. Don't act like you know everything. Don't act like you are everything. Don't act like you are God's gift to this world. Because you're not. <laughs> the only true gift to this world that I knew of was Jesus Christ. The rest of us are down the line somewhere. Then it says, be willing to associate with people of low position. In other words, if they can't do nothing for you, are you still willing to associate with them? And some of us have the, have, have the opinion that if you can't do anything for me, I don't want anything to do with you. But the Bible says that even if they can't do anything for you, you ought to still associate yourself with them. Those who are of a, a lower position or a lower state, be willing to associate with, you, with them. And then we'll wrap this up. It says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. I'll repeat that. <laughs> do not repay anyone evil for evil. That goes against our human nature. Because if you do something to me, human nature says, I'm going to do something to you. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to get back at you. One way or another. It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but I'm going to get back at you. But the Bible says, if you're going to walk in this love that you're talking about on your shirt, the Bible says, do not return evil for evil. He says, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. In other words, you want to maintain honor in what you do. Maintain honor in what you do. Amen? Then he says, if, if it is possible, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. I'll go back up to the other one that said, live in harmony with one another. What he's saying here is that I realize that in some cases, um, Living in harmony with people can only go to a certain extent because of circumstances beyond your control. But don't let that be because of you. He's saying for as much as you are concerned, live at peace with everyone. Or as he said earlier, live in harmony with one another. Yeah, there might be some challenges on that end, but it won't be because of me. I'm going to seek to live in harmony with you out of the love that I have for you. I'm not just going to walk around saying love is the key, but I'm going to put that love into action. And as I put that love into action, then I'm going to live Live, live peacefully with you. It says, do not take, take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. What is written, 
Uh, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. God says, don't you try to get revenge on anybody. You are my child. If they mess with you, they're messing with me. And I will repay. Now, now, now that's what the Bible says. And that's what you do out of love. That's the action that love takes. But the human reaction is, if you do something to me, I won't get you back. But the Bible says, uh, don't do that because if you are God's child, God is concerned about everything that happens to you. And God is saying, don't you worry about it. I will repay them for, for that. And sometimes that is so hard for us because we want to get them back so bad. And so we, we, we're sitting around up at night trying to figure out what we're going to do to get them back. You wasting energy and effort and time and all you have to do is just let God handle it. Leave it alone. God says, I got you. I'll do it. And then he says, Instead of you trying to do that, this is what you do. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing so, you will heap burning clothes on his head. Do you understand how, how horrible it is for the person that calls themselves your enemy if all you do is show him love? If all you do is show him love, show them love, they're trying their best every chance they get to do something wrong to you. And only thing that you do is show love to them. The Bible says you are literally heaping coals on their head. They can't understand it. It, it, it messes with their mind that the, the, the more I do to them, the worse I treat them, the better they treat me. But if you're going to walk in love, if you're going to, to actually uh, put your love into action, and then he says, lastly, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Sometimes it's so easy to let all the stuff that's happening overtake us. It, it, it'll even cause you to Harden your heart. But they say rather than, rather than let all of this stuff that's happening in your life uh, uh, harden your heart and, and, and be overcome with the evil, you, on the other hand, overcome evil with good. And in that, that, that's, that's the scriptures, verses 11 through 21. When you go, when you go home, read that. Read it slow. Take your time. Because there's a lot in there. And literally he's talking about putting love into action. So if we, get, if, if, if we wanna uh, uh, get beyond just walking around with pretty t-shirts on and saying love is the key, let's put that love into action. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to have Sister Hamilton now to do our wrap-up for us. Good morning. Thank you, Reverend Nichols, for that wonderful word. We are love is the key, the reboot. And that came from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. And the key point that he wanted us to remember is love is not about what you say, but what you do and our actions. So we need to put our love into actions. It's not about what we say. It's about what we do. Good morning, my name is Dion Hamilton. I am part of the member relations team and we have just a few announcements for you today. For our first announcement, Man Up Monday will be tomorrow, August the 15th at 7 p.m. And the Zoom ID is 757-244-5004. Music ministry. 
calling all active members. There is a meeting that will be on Thursday, August the 18th at 6 p.m. And you can contact Brother Jefferson for more information. We are hiring. Um, we are hiring for a digital engagement manager. And you can view the position description on our website. And you can also contact Angela Jones for more information or to send your information. The Centera Mobile Care will be here every Thursday, I'm sorry, every Tuesday in August. And that is for, it is open to the public and it is for Medicaid and uninsured community members. Power Hour with Shannon will be Saturdays, first, second, and third Saturdays for the year. That will start at 7.30 and go till 8.30. The cost is $5 and you can um, pay by cash or cash app and you can contact Shannon for more information. The Vow Keepers, this is for our married and engaged couples. They will have a meeting on Friday, August the 19th at 7 p.m. And you can join the Zoom ID 757-244-5009. 116 Invade Sky Zone, this is for all the elementary students in 116 and for their friends. They will be meeting up on Saturday, August the 20th um, at Sky Zone in Hampton from 12 to 2 and the cost is $5 per jumper. And that is, for, that is the rest of our announcements. We are also continuing to pray for our college students. We're praying blessings and protection over them as they go off to school. And remember, love is the key, but it's not about wearing a t-shirt, it's about the actions that we put with it. Have a blessed week. Thank you, Sister Hamilton. Let's wave goodbye to our folks who are online. If you desire to...